there and welcome to episode 006 of Opening Eyes with Roz Woz. I'm Roz Wozniak, Managing Director of Opening Eyes Coaching and Mentoring Services. And I have the absolute pleasure today of speaking with the amazing Barbie Cawthon. Barbie is the owner of Crystal and Pearl Co, a beautiful crystal and pearl jewellery company that began as a stall at Carrara Markets 18 years ago. Barbie's background in architecture and later international sports management gave her the eye for design and colour, and travelling allowed her to experience many unique ways to experience jewellery. Barbie has been working with crystals, Baltic amber and pearls as a healing modality since 1975. Her understanding of the mineral and energy content has made her jewellery unique and people globally continue to feel the benefits from wearing such unique pieces. Barbie creates amazing personal signature jewellery creations to work direct with people's own frequency for balance, abundance and success. Over 30 years of working with many modalities, Barbie continues to work with frequencies using crystal. She also holds workshops globally and nationally And her belief is if the body is in balance, the body will heal itself. Barbie is a Reiki and Seishim master, a reflexologist, Feng Shui consultant. I hope I said that right, Barbie. You did, you did, yes. (laughs) An energy healer and working with many modalities, including obviously crystals. She helps people and businesses to bring balance and harmony to assist manifestation in all aspects. Barbie, welcome. Thank you, Roz. Thank you. It's amazing to have you here. Thank you, Roz. No, it's a pleasure. I mean, uh, I find it amazing that the more we talk about energy, uh, how many places that it crosses over and I think most people today which is really amazing too is that even in at the highest form of business they still understand that if they're not working in their own energy their own balance then things don't happen for them so it's pretty incredible it is incredible and I, I think you've actually experienced that sort of thing personally in your own life haven't you I have yes I have uh, in my background as architecture and international sports manager in the baseball federation which was an interesting thing they were as far as part as the polls really but you know the the actual uh, stress that's related to corporate uh, work which we all know we get paid big money and we travel and we have all the glamours of all that uh, part of life but then if we don't look after ourselves internally in a balanced state we get sick and I did that I actually put on lots and lots of weight because I was always in a plane I was always at hotels and eating their food which is all nice and yummy but it's not very healthy so uh, I decided to have a really big sea change in my 50s and said I'm not I don't want to do this anymore I'm going to change and I opened up a healing center in Balmain in Sydney mm. okay mm. and what sort of healing did you do at the healing center there we had a retail outlet similar to what I have now only it's a smaller version at the yeah. moment that I have but we had a, a shop that had everything uh, in it from crystals to crystal jewelry to books to cds 
And then we had a conference room attached to that where we would bring in uh, different speakers from all around the world that had their own healing modality that they would share with everybody. So it was mainly other people. I also did my crystal healing there, which is which is laying on the body of crystals so that, you know, working with that energy and frequency. And basically the whole thing is for me is to bring your mind and body into balance. So what you said before, so the body heals itself because, you know, popping pills as quickly as people can these days, I'm not too sure that's the right way to go. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you there. So what... What started your, I guess, love affair with, with crystals and, and the healing properties of crystals? A man, Ros. Ah, well, there's a story behind that, no doubt. Do tell. <laughs> I met my beautiful man, Philip. Well, I met him when I was younger, but I thought, thought that he was too old to be with at the moment, so I waited 10 years till I met him again and then we, and then we got together. But Philip, at the my age of 38, and he was in his 50s, Uh, said to me I want to follow my spiritual path will you come with me and I said yes not really knowing a lot about anything at that time I was brought up in a in a Catholic religion so in a family very beautiful family Mm. I loved it there was I was from a large family and it was a very happy beautiful sing around the piano family and I thought that the world was like that and I got a shock when I actually went out into the world to find that everybody didn't live like that. So so I was lucky in my very early years that uh, we, I came from that balanced state of happiness and, and there wasn't too many, well, no trauma really mm. in our life. So I had that right up until 16 or so. So that's a, a pretty good start in life really and I had an incredible mother and father that that we were the most important thing. So, yeah. And also we, we used to sit around a table and my dad had encouraged every one of us to have conversations. So conversation to me is vital. Yeah. Um, and uh, there wasn't one from all the brothers right down to me, which was the tiny one. Our conversation was just as important as anyone. So I was encouraged to communicate mm. uh, and I love doing that right up now I love it so just going back to how I started I I, um, I married Philip and and we went down many paths we went down uh, the Buddhist path we went uh, uh, we followed Sai Baba which was another uh, Indian modality which is all to do with understanding yourself so we uh, used to go back and forth to Hawaii on many occasions and work with two kahunas over there and and we were privileged enough to, when we first arrived, that we would be taken into the ocean and given a beautiful ocean healing to start us off. And then we were taken to many sacred places to understand the energy of the earth and to just be in it, you know, not mm. sort of having to to be outside of nature. And I had the privilege of uh, working with Katrina Raphael, which is the Crystal Academy on the island of Kauai. Uh, so uh, crystals and energy have been on, in my life for a long, long time. Mm. And I think even as a little girl around the table uh, of a night time, when everyone was telling their stories, apparently I used to say, oh, I did that before I died and came back again. And I used mm. to think it was just because my brothers were, for my brothers, that I was competing. But I realised later on that it was a different lifetime that I'd actually experienced. And I truly believe that. 
I believe that we we have many experiences, we we've lived many lifetimes and that doesn't mean that we actually always in that we live now but you know the everything energy is around us and we can call on those strengths at any time so i find that quite fascinating actually it is yeah. pretty fascinating isn't it i also have my own experiences with energy and crystals so <clears throat> i've enjoyed crystals probably since my late teens and early 20s but it's i've sort of found that what initially started as a bit of an interest of, oh that's a pretty rock and I like that one because it's purple and I like that one because it's pink and then I've been exposed to you know you sort of go to a crystal shop and you you buy a, a pink say a rose quartz and then they give you a little piece of paper and say oh you know rose quartz is good for the human heart and it, it you know helps you focus on love and things like that and you sort of understand it at that sort of basic level but as I've gone on through the years my love of crystals has grown and I, I use them in in my daily life uh, and and so do my children I have mm. to say and even mm. my young one mm. um, loves his little amethyst crystal if he's feeling a bit upset mm. and, and of course amethyst helps calm people absolutely doesn't it? well the mineral in amethyst is copper as well so you know the earth makes a beautiful thing like amethyst starts out as clear quartz in the earth and then the copper content mineral content comes up through that clear quartz over hundreds of thousands of years but then changes it into that beautiful color of purple so for us humans that beautiful color purple is very calming Mm. so even when we're drawn to say an amethyst um, we're actually also drawn to the mineral content so and you may not never be aware of the mineral content, but it is in there in every crystal. So yeah. that's why it changes. You have all these beautiful different colours in a crystal because of the mineral content. Yeah. And so how long did it take you to learn? Because even though I've had a strong interest for many years in, in crystals... I still don't know all of them. I sort of think, oh, I think that one's Labradite, but I'm not too sure. You know, how long did it take you to learn all the different crystals and their minerals? It's an interesting question, that, because I didn't actually totally learn like going to school learn. Mm. I actually uh, was involved with, like I had this experience in Hawaii, which was amazing. I always wanted to go uh, through Katrina Raphael. She has three books out and, and, you know, it's a very interesting thing to read. I can't remember the um, titles of them at the moment, but there's one of them that she was talking about. Uh, It's a big clear quartz crystal. It's a big point. And it was on the island of Kauai and it was in the ashram with uh, the Swami there in his whole uh, retreat centre. Uh, and I wanted to go and see it. That was the purpose of going to Hawaii one year. Mm. Uh, it was said that it was one of the 12 crystals of Atlantis. Now, you can go there if you wish. Mm. It's up to people how far they want to go into those sort of things. I have studied those energies, and, and I think it's because I've had such a curious mind. Again, with my, my beautiful man, we've gone down many paths and, and put ourselves into research of why this happened and then looked at different um, research uh, notifications to actually say, well, this happened and this happened. So it's a research thing that you actually find. But then what I found with going to Kauai and having the privilege of going to the ashram where the monks uh, have this amazing crystal, the monks actually meditate around this clear quartz crystal 
eight times a day and they would focus on a hot spot in the world mm. because of the frequency content. And clear quartz amplifies, and this is not an esoteric understanding, there's many books on it that clear quartz amplifies a thousand percent stronger than any other crystal mm. so when the monks are focusing their thought is on a particular area it might be where there's a war or where there's famine or where there's an upset in the in the world somewhere they will all focus their most magnificent energy of positive thinking into the clear quartz and in their absolute belief is that that frequency and that energy then goes to that particular area that they're concentrating on. Now, people could sort of argue those points, but mm. what a most beautiful thing to happen. I mean, maybe with, you know, we still say, oh, but there's wars here or this is still happening or whatever, but what would happen if none of that went on? You know, mm -hmm. maybe they're still bringing in that balance. And they're, they're actually concentrating totally from their heart. So... You know, I just think that's the that's the most beautiful thing to do. And, and I know in my meditations each day, I do uh, my meditations for myself, but I also put out energy for others and, and the world. And I think there's lots of people that do do that. I think a lot of people, regardless of what their beliefs might be, because I'm much like yourself, Barbie. I was raised in a Catholic family. <laughs> I, I don't so much practice any type of recognizable religion these days I, I tend more towards spiritual beliefs but even back I remember with religious beliefs that I was taught you know you would find that church congregations would pray for you know something that was happening in the world in a similar way to what you're talking about that the monks were doing so I think that that sort of theory of collective consciousness and human consciousness and the way we're intertwined and, and the way we can sort of affect each other's worlds even from you know a distance it does tend to sort of transcend through all the religions it, it sort of seems to be more of a human thing doesn't it I totally agree with you I you know I've studied many religions and and really they all say the same message you know it is goodness and it is putting out things and it is helping another person and it is community and it is just you know just being you know what does good mean I suppose but just being a person that that has compassion and caring for another uh, without sort of giving up too much of yourself within that because you have to love yourself as much as you love anyone else otherwise you get sick but I say a word that intellectually we can plan and strategize energetically we will succeed because I've been in that corporate world I've, I loved it I can't say that I didn't love it but I was wired up to to perform highly wired up to perform and and that's fine because you know you paid a certain amount of money to do that and that's great but you still have to balance the inside and I do believe that if you if you work so hard and then you have to run away to a place in a holiday, not just for the sake of having a holiday and relaxing and enjoying it, but running away saying, oh, thank God I'm away from that, you know, I'm just going to relax. And then you have to come back and deal with it again. Mm -hmm. You're in the wrong place. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Because I've been on the corporate roundabout for, you know, quite a number of years as well. And I certainly suffered from burnout and um you know those sorts of feelings as well and it was you you would sort of live 
for the weekends, mm. um, even though, yeah. you know, quite often you'd still be working on weekends, I have to say. But, yeah, you would be waiting for the next holiday or mm. the next long weekend to, to try and escape your life. Mm. And it's a, it's a sad thing that a lot of people do find themselves stuck in that and and is it do you think it's because they are unbalanced in other areas of their lives like what what sort of things do you think they could be doing you know because we can't all just go oh that's it i'm leaving my job now you know we've got commitments Mm, and, and children to feed and things like that so what sort of things do you think people could be doing to assist them while they're sort of doing their their busy work i guess I, I just truly believe you need to, to do it each day. I mean, if you're going, say you're going from one appointment to the other and you're on the road and, you know, we all know how busy the roads can get. Mm. But if you're actually not in that moment, you're actually then thinking forward and you go, oh, yes, I've got to talk about it. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. You're, you've wired up your mind and your body so much as a tight drum uh, that, you know, sometimes you can't even be concentrating on the road or you're fighting all the people on the road to get to there because you have to get there quicker. And what mm. you do, you yes, you might do the business, but there's going to be some time in that day or that night that you're just going to collapse in a heap because your body is a beautiful machine, but it needs to be taken care of. I mean, we take care, as everyone says, our cars and everything else, and we really do need to take care of our bodies. So... You know, you could do a little meditation while you're in the car and people go, oh, but you have to concentrate. Of course you can concentrate, but just do deep breathing. Just do some slow diaphragm breathing, releasing the tension out of the mouth. And by the time you've got from wherever you've come from to your next business appointment, you're focused, you're balanced, and you can deal with whatever has to come to you or you can explain and communicate in a clear way. And I just feel that's vital yeah i agree and even from i guess from a scientific point of view if if you're somebody that doesn't necessarily want to subscribe too far into you know energetic fields i guess because everybody's at at different phases and Mm -hmm. believes what they want to believe but from a scientific point of view even being doing that deep breathing and taking in more oxygen Mm -hmm. assists your body to to relax and feel calmer doesn't it absolutely so you know there's there's something in in that for everybody learning Mm -hmm. to breathe and and not that sort of shallow chest breathing but to actually bring the breath into the stomach and and let the stomach expand absolutely well well, i've even found that you know i did a a sound uh, healing workshop many 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 years ago and being in architecture it's all about well most uh, uh, jobs i was in it was all about communication so i would actually do a toning through my throat as I'm driving through the traffic in Melbourne to get to my job. Mm. So instead of putting the radio on and listening to all that sort of thing, I would just do a toning that actually went into the throat and just continued with that. It was like the sound of E. So you would just go E, continue that through. And then by the time I got to work, I was clear in my communication. I'd have to go and speak to my chairman or my director or whatever and I was ready to actually communicate so that little tiny thing of going in the really heavy traffic Mm. in Melbourne at that time and just doing that tiny little exercise and I found with even doing that exercise 
I was also, I was conscious of relaxing my forehead because mm. it's quite interesting even to say that to yourself as you're driving the car, relax your forehead, relax your forehead. Because you're thinking so much that the tension that's in your forehead is quite amazing. Yeah. And when you say relax it, you go, wow, I didn't realise I was so uptight there. That's so, right. See, those little exercises that you can do on a, on a daily basis at any time. So... And they're very healthy to do because otherwise, again, I have this great saying, you can, you can eat everything healthily, you can exercise, you can do all of that, but the thing is going to get you is stress and stress kills. I couldn't agree more. Mm. Stress, it just affects our bodies and our minds in, you know, a plethora of ways and a little bit of stress is healthy because, you know, with mm-hmm. a, without a little bit of stress, you wouldn't yep. even get out of bed each yep. day, would you? Yep. But once you reach that sort of chronic stress state where, you, you know, you end up with things like adrenal fatigue Absolutely. and burnout and, yep. you know, you're needing substances. Like I think I, I was listening to a lady talk about something last night where she was saying, you know, she would drink four or five cups of Turkish coffee in her very high-powered corporate role and then she would drink alcohol in the evening to come down from the coffee yeah. and barely eat all day but then at the end of the night eat, you know, some kind of... Um, takeaway or whatever and then wondered why she was having all sorts Mm. of IBS problems and uh, and things like that but how many of us are like that you know some people even joke about it on things like Facebook and that you know I have my coffee in the morning and then my wine at night and it's sort of become Mm. normal Mm. hasn't it Mm. to sort of rev the body up then Mm. slow it down using Mm these chemicals that are, you know, are not going to be very good for us in the long run. Well, it gets to a point, doesn't it? And look, I enjoy a coffee and I enjoy a glass of wine. But if you're using that as a substitute to actually come down from a stressful situation or or more so if you're stressed and then you're adding to that because mm. that will get me down, mm. you're on the wrong path. Yeah. I mean, enjoy. I enjoy a lovely glass of red. I probably have two a week when I go out with my friends on Friday night or maybe somewhere else, but not much, and I don't actually need to have it. Mm. I can honestly say if it wasn't there, I wouldn't have it. It's not something I need that. Mm. So to me, that's a healthy way of drinking. You actually do it because you're with friends and it's just a nice thing to do, but if it wasn't there, I could have a glass of soda water with lime. It's not an issue for me. But I just believe if you're like the lady that was talking, if you know, and I've had one taste of tur- Turkish coffee, and I think I only had one sip, and that was so so <laughs> strong. Hair on end. Yeah. You could just about put the teaspoon in the cup, and it stand up on its own. So, so when she was saying she was having quite a few, I thought, wow. And and you know, years and years ago, I was an eight. Uh, cup day coffee girl too so you know I was doing that and I was traveling in planes and I was eating you know the airline food and I was in hotels because that was just what I did in my job and I was eating either you know in the the room service in the night because I didn't want to go down to the to the restaurant on my own as a woman or I was eating all their other you know sort of small good board breakfast because I had a really busy day and I had to fuel myself Mm. where in today's world I'd be going 
Now I'll choose that because that will carry me through and that'll be healthy. And it will be fuel, but it'll be good fuel. So I make a choice these days. It's a much more mindful way of living. And you sort of, you you eat and drink with a purpose as opposed to just, you know, shoveling something in that you think is going to get you through. Exactly. You're sort of in that real fight and flight mode, aren't you? When you're in a high stress role and everything's just about survival and and not so much about enjoying yourself. So tell me, how did you go from enjoying, you know, crystals, crystal healing to actually making crystal jewelry? Because, you know, like I said before, I enjoy crystals, but I'm nowhere near making jewelry or anything like that. That's quite a big jump. What happened there? Well, Well, I was actually, and that's exactly right. In my, in my shop in Balmain, I used to buy in all the jewelry and Mm. and they were very popular with people because they were pretty. They were lovely and they were pretty um, and uh, uh, and quite expensive in those days too. But they were lovely. They were really beautiful. And then when I came uh, to, to Queensland again to come back to family, I thought I have to do something, not, not have to, but I want to do something. Now, what can I do that will actually sustain me for when I want to give up work, not, you know, be under any pressure from anybody else. So, and I, my sister suggested to me, why don't you start a little market stall? And I thought, oh, that would be interesting because I've gone to markets, but I've never actually worked in one. And I did start one. But when I started, um, it was a little table and I did have all the raw crystals and all the polished stones and all, you know, spheres and all that. So it was mainly the crystals in where I started at Carrara 18 years ago. And then over a period of time, understanding uh, the frequency in the mineral comp, which I actually worked on myself with as well, Mm. I thought, you know, wouldn't it be beautiful? And I, you know, I do like nice things. And as you um, introduced me, uh, I did travel a lot and and I sort of, I think I picked up the colour from my architectural days. And then when I was travelling, I always went into jewellery shop so I I loved the design of it all and then I thought wouldn't it be beautiful if I could actually carry on that mineral and energy content in a beautiful piece of jewellery that someone can wear every day because you can't take it around your big rock with you all the time and so that (laughs) and so that's really how it started so I started doing them I started doing the earrings and the necklaces and all with an understanding of what they were. So anyone that ever bought from me, I would actually write down the whole reason uh, of the intention of it. I would write down what it means so that they knew themselves when they went away and they put that piece of jewellery on, this is why it was made and this is the intention I'm putting it on to give them a focus during their day. So, you know, it started from there and I've, I've evolved and evolved from that because people loved it. And so it's made me uh, be more creative in putting designs together. And, and that part of my business is just growing. I've slowed down a little bit on the other side and I n- mainly deal uh, on the crystal side now with private uh, collections so that if a private collection is available and I have the money at that time to buy it, mm. then I'll buy up something different so that it's actually I've got the beautiful jewellery, which is one of, and I've got beautiful pieces out of a private collection that that is of interest to people because it, you just see how nature works in its most beautiful way. 
That's yeah. awesome. So you've gone from a small table 18 years ago to an actual shop now in, in Carrara Markets and an online shop. I have, I have. (laughs) (laughs) A lady of my years going into the digital world has been a big leap of faith, I can tell you, or a big leap into, you know, the abyss. You mentioned your age, Barbie. Do do you mind if we share with the listeners how old you are? How old are you? I'm 70. I was 70 in December. And, uh, yeah, I I feel, I probably feel better uh, in myself internally uh, at this age because uh, I I think I know who I am now. You know, maybe there's always still that little mystery that we still not, um, we're not sure, well, we don't uh, accept of the capabilities that we all have, but I really do enjoy my life. And uh, and the, I did put up a little, a little post on my Facebook page at Coming to Roz, which I was so excited about doing, but I said, I think I have to die and come back again because there's too much to do and I might run out of time. <laughs> That's incredible that you've got so much excitement about the things that you're doing in your life. And, you know, how often do we see people who are not even 70 yet, but even in their 60s that are thinking about retiring and, and just not doing things with their lives and then they fall off the perch mm. because they've got nothing keeping them going. Mm. And I have seen other. that, Ros, too. I, as you can imagine, being in the market for as long as I have, uh, I've seen people uh, come by me and they've been very healthy and then I've seen them retire and then I've seen that they've really got no purpose and you can just see them ageing. They walk old, you know, they're bent, then sometimes not as old as I am. Mm. But they've just, they've run out of puff. You mm. know, they're just doing an everyday routine thing. And, and, and that's all nice, you know, we can sit at home and put our feet up. And we all should do that. We all should relax sometime. But I think the world is just so exciting and... And, you know, I, I do giggle at myself with all this digital age and I, you know, I have a, a bit of an idea of computers and that, but every time I get to learn them, they change the change it all around and I've got to learn it all over again. And then people are saying to me, are you doing this? Are you doing this? I think, oh, God, let me just cope with one. But I am excited. I do have my online shop up and running now. So... So you can buy something 24 hours a day now. That's fantastic. <laughs> and I've had a bit of a peek at your online shop too and I've got my eye on a couple of things <laughs> I have to say. So our listeners should really check that out. And what what's the website address? www.crystalandpearlco.com You have to add the co or it'll go to China. So, <laughs> well, we so can't Yeah, we can't that. have that. So it's all made <laughs> right here. It's all designed and made right here on the Gold Coast. So, yeah. That's excellent. And uh, Barbie, we're getting away from the crystal side of things, but sort of still plugging into your excitement for life at the moment. You have got a few exciting things happening. So we've just told our listeners how young at heart you are at 70. Now, you do a particular thing in your fitness routine at the moment that I've never tried. What was, the, What is that? I think you might be referring to anti-gravity yoga, yes. Ross. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm referring to. So how did you get into anti-gravity yoga? Because I've seen photos of you hanging upside down in, um, like, they're kind of like wraps hanging from the ceiling, aren't they? They are, they and are. Well, I, um, my trainer, my personal trainer at the time, uh, I was actually walking through Rabina Shopping Centre and she happened to be sitting there and it was about probably 
4 o'clock or 4.30 and she said to me, what are you doing at 6, uh, six o'clock tonight? And I said, oh, I don't know why. She said, uh, I'm going to anti-gravity yoga. Come with me. And I went, what is it? She said, just come. Be there at 6 o'clock and we'll do it. And I went, oh, my goodness. You know, so I dashed home and got some gear that I could wear and we, I turned up and here's all these beautiful slings, silk slings hanging from the ceiling. And I thought, oh, my God, what is this? And uh, so then we start. So, And I thought, oh, my God, I'll never cope with this. Anyway, I got through the session and it was just that. You know, people were helping me at that stage, you know, wrap my legs around the sling and hang upside down and <laughs> do the bat and do the vampire and do all these things that I'd never heard of. And I felt so clumsy and so silly. And that was three years ago. And I made a decision that night. She had a little special on for 21 days. And I thought, you know something? This is could be, I didn't understand it totally then, but this could be one of the most amazing stretching exercises I've ever done. And, you know, as we all know, we can do many other things. We sometimes don't do a stretch uh, with our body. So I, I booked in for the 21 days and I thought I'll either cope with it or I'll hate it. And if I love it, I'll continue. If I hate it, I'll never do it again. And three and a half years, I think it is now, I just absolutely adore it. So, yes, I do that twice a week. That's fantastic. <laughs> so you do the bat and the vampire. I do it all. I do it all. <laughs> yeah, you, and then, look, it's unbelievable. I know just within myself, you know, you know, as you get on a little bit if you're not doing certain exercises I felt that I was I had a few aches and pains in my lower back and you know I was getting a little bit of a a sort of a bent over in my neck and I thought I don't want this I'm uh, I'm going to do this exercise and I just find that I walk taller my back is straighter I don't have any aches and pains in my back and the best part about it for me is sometimes when I'm hanging upside down and others are doing all fancy things, I just hang and let all that tension of the day just go totally out of my body. And I, I absolutely adore that. So, yeah, that's one part of that's what I fantastic. do. fantastic. Mm. I, I believe being upside down is actually quite good for your brain as well mm. because quite a lot of blood um, mm. nourishes the brain mm. and things mm. like that. So I, I believe, um, people say to me, you know, your skin's all nice and this and that and I actually believe it's from anti-gravity yoga from hanging upside down and allowing the blood to flow to the head yeah that's incredible I really do I might have to give it a go next time I'm feeling brave (laughs) but you've got a, a yet another fitness routine at the moment haven't you You've been doing a lot of walking and climbing. <laughs> Can we talk about that and the reason for that, please? <laughs> yes, I, I, I'm. I'm pretty excited at the moment. It's uh, it's just over two weeks away now, and uh, I and and two uh, much younger uh, girls are off on a humanitarian trip to Nepal. We've actually been uh, supporting a particular village in Nepal since the earthquake in 2015, Uh, you know, supplying school supplies and emergency uh, equipment to the particular village. And, you know, this is another uh, reason that I absolutely, totally believe in energy. Uh, The young girl, Chantelle, who's coming with me, takes the photographs at at my shop 
And uh, she said to me, Barbie, wouldn't it be fabulous if we could actually physically go and actually see where all the money is being spent and what people are doing and all that? And I said, it would be fabulous, but I'm not too sure if I can do that. And that was probably about eight months ago. Mm. So her and I stood in front of my shop and, you know, people may believe or not believe, but this is absolutely true. We stood in front of my shop and we held hands and we put it out to the universe that that's what we wanted to do. We put out the frequency of thought out and in two weeks we're going. So it's come to pass. And and it's like all things. Sometimes we think, I can never do that. I can never do that. I can never do that. The example of going to Nepal is anything is possible because I never thought I'd be able to do it either. So going back to my exercise routine, <laughs> I do do my anti-gravity yoga, which I told you about, which is stretching, and, and I'm under a personal trainer twice a week that gives me all the strength. He keeps telling me, Barbie, when you're 90, you're going to thank me because you're not going to have anything wrong with your body. And I said, <laughs> if it doesn't work out like that, I'm coming back to haunt you. Yeah. But, <laughs> but he's a lot younger than me, so he'll be around, that's for sure. But then my girlfriends have said to me, you need to walk hills because you're going to be walking hills. So they've been very kind, I think, <laughs> and actually been dragging me up and down um, a burly hill and doing long walks so that we get, because we do have to, we arrive in Kathmandu. We have a couple of days there buying all the goods in Kathmandu. So we're supporting the local traders because they're still doing it tough also from the earthquake. We're, we're very privileged in Australia as much as we do have other parts that people do struggle. We don't struggle as much as other countries do. And uh, anyway, so that's what we're doing. We had a GoFundMe campaign and we've got over our 2,000 now. And I thank the people that have actually supported us so much because it's just been fantastic. And people have donated their old mobile phones so that the when the families go down from the village to get work, to seek, to get some money, then the children have got some contact um, through the mobile phones. I'm not sure how that communication works, but they tell me it does. So we've just collected the mobile phones. But anyway, uh, the walking, uh, then we go on public transport. <laughs> so, you know, the dust and everything is going to be, I think the roads are as wide as the trucks. Oh, and <laughs> so oh, I, I think I might have, to, I, I think I might have to put an eye mask and a mouth mask over me. I'm not too sure. <laughs> but then we walk in 18 Ks into the village and distribute. 18. 18Ks. So, wow. So, uh, you know, it goes, I think we go up to about 1300 meters here. Yeah. So we're certainly not doing base camp and any yeah, of that in yeah. the Everest. So fingers crossed I don't get altitude sickness and, and fingers crossed everything works. But I, I'm prepared as, as much as I can be and, and I can't do much more. So I'll just, you know, just just know I'm going to be safe. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. What a what a great story, uh, you know, and to think that, you know, somebody at, at 70 just decides that they're going to go and, and visit Kathmandu in Nepal and do some humanitarian work. It, it's just amazing. What a fantastic story. I, I just can't believe how rich the, you know, the tapestry of your life has been, Barbie, and, you know, and continues to be. 
So uh, I'm very much looking forward to hearing all your stories from Kathmandu and, <laughs> uh, you know, and seeing what your hair's going to be looking <laughs> like. <laughs> you people can't see me out there, but I have very, very curly blonde hair. Uh, and I actually did say to people it might, you know, between washing it in the rivers or getting the dust or whatever, yes, it might have to get cut off when I get back. I don't know, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> well, listeners, I think we can take a lot away from Barbie's experiences, you know, corporate executive down to healing modalities of crystals and, and other uh, energetic forms of healing and and taking away the fact that we need to keep our balance and you know you may need to change your frequency if you're not feeling great and a great lesson in you're never too old to do anything you're only as young as you feel right Barbie absolutely absolutely (laughs) you know and I really believe that we just got to keep as healthy as we can and that's my whole thing about balancing the inside you know we're not here to be stressed we're not here to even get stressed over what food we eat or whatever we're not here to do that because all we ever do with that is actually activate the cortisol in our in our bodies anyway and we keep more more weight on so you've just got to relax enjoy life sure we all have to make a living we have to pay our bills and all those things that we want to do but I can tell you just from my life, you know, I, I feel like I'm reinventing myself again. And that's at the age of 70, only because there's so much exciting things out there that uh, I want to do yet. And uh, uh, I'm doing Nepal first and then who knows. And I'll be journaling every day and I might be sitting on a rock sort of having a cry. I don't know. And saying I can't do any more. I'm not sure. But I'm going to share that all with you. So That'll be on my Barbie Cawthon post. Yeah. Fantastic. So you can catch Barbie on Facebook and at crystalandpearlco.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Barbie, thank you so much for coming on to Opening Eyes with Roswas today. It's been an absolute pleasure and a, a right old giggle. I'm looking forward to following your journey to Nepal and Kathmandu and, and to catching up with you again once you come back. Thank you, Ros. This is Ros Wozniak, Managing Director of Opening Eyes Coaching and Mentoring Services. Bye for now.